There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hi, talkers. Four o'clock on Friday, November 11th. It's pretty dark out there, but that's okay. We've got the two brightest people in the room, Julia and Patrick Richardson. Just hearing the two of you talk. I'm a pink bright light, and you're what color bright light would you be? Oh, gosh. Peach? Shining star. Orange. Orange. I want to go with orange. Yeah. yeah. And Grant, you would be. I would say light blue, glowing light blue, uh-huh. Carolina blue, North there Carolina blue. That's what I'm going I, with. I can't tell you I'm obsessed because Patrick, just if you're just joining us, thanks for hanging out with us on this Friday. Yes. Um, Patrick just told us about the genesis of this name of the store, Mona Williams, that yeah. first was in Northeast Minneapolis across from right. Certix. Yep. You fashioned um, Lori Knight for the yeah, SAG Awards, and I did wear an orange dress. Right. And um, right. one year, and then now you've moved to the Mall of America, focusing right. more on your laundry empire. Right. right. I mean, it's, you know, we're not washing the vintage <laughs> rather than selling it. But it's funny. I started doing the laundry because I, people would come in the store and, you know, they didn't want it to go to the dry cleaner. Right. So I was told that the initial thing was to sell the laundry products so people could take care of the vintage. So, of the vintage clothes. Yeah. So now everybody's just interested in the laundry. Which in the is, laundry. Which is fine. It's my, you know, sort of my love. So. And now we know about Mona Williams, who was the best dressed woman in the world from Kentucky in 1933. Right. Yeah. Oh, I'm dying to know more. She was best friends with Johnny Carson. I so, absolutely am obsessed. So the Mona von Bismarck. That's, Bismarck. Bismarck. That's the same person, correct? The same person. It was just her last name. Okay. So her last husband was Bismarck. Got it. And her third husband was Williams. That's but what when you were she saying. She was named yep. best dressed woman in the world. She was married to Harrison. So. That's why I chose Mona Williams, and you know the Mona Bismarck Foundation was her legacy because that's how she died. Mm-hmm. Oh, nineteen thirty-three. She was. I just, I'm, I'm obsessed. All right, yeah. so we have so already cool. sold the movie rights to ourselves, and yeah, we're, we're, we're writing ready. the book. Yeah, I mean, we're. <laughs> it's to, almost done. I, I, I think Julia's going to play Diana Vreeland. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> That's the Don't player. you think? Yes. Uh-huh. I think With it's my natural. Brenda, I've got my Brenda topper yeah. that I'm going to wear for it. Yeah. I, yeah. I could look the part. I think you can pull it off. I think so. All right. So a new thing that I've never heard about before, pituitary dwarfism. Mm-hmm. And why is this coming up today? There is an actor named Max Casilla. And if you saw a picture of him, you would know who he is. But he was Doogie Hauser's um, best friend. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I love him. Yes. And oh. he was also, he's going to he be was, in Tulsa King with Sylvester Stallone. He was always he, too horny. He yeah. Was, he was a really horny young kid in the show Doogie Hauser. He was always into girls, kind of like a young Lori. Well, not the girl. Oh, part, young Lori. Well, that's why this is kind of interesting. So he is just coming up because he is um, now in Tulsa King 
with Sylvester Stallone, which comes out. Is it out, Grant? Or do no, we Tulsa to... King, I believe, is this Sunday. Sunday, yeah. just like Yellowstone. Yes. Is it, this it Sunday. premieres, I believe, before Yellowstone um, or after. But yeah, look. So anyway, and he was Benny Fazzo in The Sopranos, a mobster. So if you saw a picture of him, he looks so young because he had pituitary dwarfism. And he's just talking about it because he's doing press for Tulsa King with um, Sylvester Stallone. And he says he um, had a growth hormone deficiency and it was characterized by his being unusually short. He was given testosterone. Um, His body didn't go through the change until he was 26 years old. Did he go through puberty? I had a malfunctioning pituitary gland from birth. Basically, I had to jumpstart my puberty by pumping me full of testosterone and growth hormones to get me to grow because it was happening. He was 25 and had never even shaved yet. Now at 55, he just says it allowed me to play all these parts like a kid when I was way older because I still hadn't got facial hair or anything like that. And he said it was a horror show. I couldn't talk about it. No one understood it. And here's what he says. He said, it's like the trans community today talks about body dysmorphia and feeling like I'm in the wrong body. It was, he says, this is absolutely my experience. I was a man trapped in a little boy's body throughout most of my 20s until they finally got him on testosterone. Sure. And he talks about, you know, being in Tulsa King with Sylvester Stallone. He said it was almost crap your pants moment because I had a poster of Rocky up in my bedroom since I was a 10-year-old kid, and now I'm acting with him. This is absolutely surreal. And he said, um, Sly is just um, really easy to work with. He made him feel comfortable right away. He's a blue-collar guy, and he just made everyone feel on the set like we're all on the same team. There was no pre- you know, pretense, hmm. like, I'm Sly Stallone. You need to get out of my lighting because I need it because I've had so much plastic surgery on my yeah. face. So that's my rose lens. That one's mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just kidding. But his face does kind of look well, well done. Yeah. I mean, refreshed. Refreshed yes. is exactly it. Yes. So he just goes on. And so he was super supportive. He said every he's a great guy. I'm super excited about being on this show. And you will recognize him. And I guess I never had heard about pituitary dwarfism no, I before. Either. So anyway, Lori didn't go through puberty till later either. But she was like 15. I didn't either. 15 I was, or 16? I was that young kid in the locker room and like, because I was a wrestler and I could, I wrestled really lower weights because like I was. Like how low weight? I would, my freshman year, I was 103. My senior year, I was wrestling 125. I was a little, little kid. And like, I remember being midway through high, not midway, probably beginning of high school. You know, you go in a locker room with all your teammates and I'm looking down I'm like, well, man. They got hair. I don't. What's going I, on uh, here? What? I didn't have pit hair. And I was really? like, yeah. And I was just like, what is going on? What is going on? And then there was little old me. <laughs> we got the biggest boobs in the world in fourth grade. And I'm like, why <laughs> is this happening to me? <laughs> They're so big. Well, They're so I'm big. Sure and why? I met someone at the XL last weekend who I, early on in the show, when we started out, I talked about my... Um, Breast reduction mm-hmm. and how that was just like such a saving grace. I didn't know you had one. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. When I was 25. Wow. I mean, changed my life because I was really petite, mm-hmm. yeah. but I had these huge breasts, so it made me look like I was big. Now I'm just bigger with sort of okay breast size. You but, are not But big. so she came up and she's like, oh, my gosh, here's my breast. She goes, oh, my gosh, I got a breast reduction because of you. It's the best thing ever. But anyway, if anyone's thinking of a surgery and you have your breasts are... It's the best surgery ever. And I know friends who are just doing it in their 50s now. 
Really? So it's just a shout out to people to explore that if it's something that you're uncomfortable with because it is such a game changer. Back problems. Back, shoulder. Mm -hmm. No clothes would fit. You know, I was short arms, short waist, you know, and then I had big boobs. Boy, I did our boobs. (laughs) Boobs boobs that would go on forever. Boobs for days. I'll never forget wearing my first bra. My brothers were so mean. You know how brothers tease you. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. They were mean. Uh, All right, look at the time. It is time for random thoughts, and um, the McFlurry might be having a run for its money this holiday season. And I'll be back to tell you about it. Julia's random thoughts. He looks like that puppet. I don't know. He's had cheeky implants. It's just random. That's all it is. All right, here's a random shout out. Martha Johnson, Todd, Susan, Peter, you know who you are. Romper, stomper, bomper, boo. Tell me, tell me, tell me, do. Remember that show? Or Absolutely. I- I'm looking in my magic mirror right now. <laughs> I'm Agent S. Patrick Richardson from Mona Williams in the Laundry Evangelist is sitting in today for Lori Grant's here. All right, so I thought this was kind of... This is kind of like a really nice find and make sure when you're cleaning out the addict for your loved ones, if they pass, that you go through everything because you never know what you're going to find. And that's what happened to this young woman um, whose mother had a collection of 42 love letters um, that went back and forth between Bob Dylan and her mom, Barbara Ann Hewitt, between wow. the years of 1957 and 1959. Wow. So, wow. Ann Hewitt was Bob Dylan, Bobby Zimmerman, at the time's high school sweetheart. And um, this is a collection that includes all these love letters, including a lavish Valentine's card, and in first in first-person accounts of what Bob Dylan thought was going to happen to him in his life. And so Hewitt's daughter found the letters after her mom died in 2020, along with the original envelopes addressed in Dylan's handwriting, and they're being offered in a single lot bid out of a Boston um, auction house. Auction house. Starting bids $250,000. That's... Um, the awesome. auction house is not releasing the exact content of content of all the letters, but they deal with timeless and universal teenage concerns like clothes, cars, musical tastes, all the good stuff. Dylan's 81, and it includes snippets of poetry wow. and his love for Miss um, Hewitt, the Barbara po- Ann. The poetry part will, for collectors, is in my eyes, is what's going to get them to buy it because it's like a lyric sheet. Yes, yes. You know, that is where, even though it's not a song, it's something that he wrote that one of the greatest songwriters of all time, that, the poetry pieces out of there, in my eyes, are what is what's What's going to be. So in one letter, he asked Miss Hewitt for feedback about changing his name. Some of the options, Little Willie or Elston, are mentioned in the letters. He writes about selling a million records someday. He's actually sold $125 million and appearing on American Bandstand in front of thongs of screaming girls. These were what was happening in high school in the letters. Um, and so um, Dylan, you know, dreamed all these things, but they all came true for him. And like most teenage romances, it did come to an end. In one of the last letters, um, it shows Bob Dylan dreamed, um, excuse me, in one of the last letters bob dylan asked hewitt to return the photographs he sent her but it seems like dylan did not forget her um and dylan called miss barbara ann hewitt in the late 60s after he'd hit it big and asked her to come to california 
she turned him down and she was a redhead and people speculate that Dylan's reference to the redhead or auburn hair women in some songs were inspired by Hewitt, including Tangled Up in Blue, where one of the lines he wonders if her hair was still red. And so Hewitt moved on and she married another human hibbing man, but never remarried after um, that she got divorced in the early 70s and the daughter found the letters. Would you die? That's amazing. Do you think Wilma has a past, your mom, that we I don't, don't know. know about? I mean, you know what? The thing, <laughs> the only thing I can hope is like that she dated Elvis or something. She because, has the ticket. Yeah, right. Oh, that ticket. But the you ticket know, signed. If, right. But if something, you know, that she dated somebody because... She can't I mean, say because your dad's still alive. Right. Well, they're both remarried, but you know, mm-hmm. I've got two step-parents. But I hope like if, mom, if you have those, put them in like an acid-free box. <laughs> For me to find, because what I'm going to do is I'm first going to take him to Kinko, Xerox him for me and Jared, then I'm driving him straight to Sotheby's. There you go. That's exactly how that's going to work. And just say, Mom, right? Do not throw out Patrick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Keep. This is going to, you're going to want this. Right. Yes, yes. And being that it's Veterans Day and we're talking about letters, this is kind of cool. I recently, found, I'd say about a year ago, I found a shoebox that was my dad's, all of his letters to and from his parents while he was, he was in Vietnam. Oh, amazing. Really? Yeah, and I have not read them yet. I mean, I've got, the, and it's got all the, you know, the old envelopes with the military. Oh, yeah. Blue and, you know, blue. Red, white, and, and blue on yeah, the top. Yeah, on the corner. Yeah, it's, and it's every letter between my parents and him that he kept, they kept theirs, he kept his. Grant, you should make a book for your dad. Oh, I already did. He also was the guy that had the camera on base, so he had tons and tons of pictures and one year i got all those pictures and put them into a photo album for him and scanned them and have digital copies of all of them but he's got he was the guy because you know he was not really he was having fun and he 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 documented a lot of it and kept it all isn't that something that would be nice to take those scanned letters scan those letters with the scanned pictures and kind of combine it into one do you guys have anything like i still have the letters my mom wrote me when i went to camp with you wagon i have every letter from my grandma that she wrote me in college Oh, there you go. Because it's in perfect cursive and it's I, beautiful. I love to cursive. Read. My mom was a great yeah. cursive writer too. I actually have a very large box under my bed that I think is every card I've received since like high school. Love that. And it's funny. I go through them every so often, and it, the funniest thing is sometimes I'll have to be like, "Who is Ray?" Right. You know, and then I will remember Ray, and the right. reason I I don't remember her last name, but I remember that she had like a very serious bob. Well, of course, because yeah. you're being the man of fashion that you yeah, are. So and things are important. Yeah, right. And she, and she loved to wear, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Isn't that fun? Yeah, it's amazing. Isn't that fun? And I, I threw out because I was just sick of carrying. I don't know why. I just threw out some stuff, like all the holiday cards that don't have a picture on them. Yeah, the holiday cards. Yeah, I kind of got rid of them. Mm-hmm. And then um, I've thrown out, but I have a lot of old cards. I keep the ones from my parents for yeah. birthdays because my mom, who, you know, dad, I know you're listening. And, I saw my dad's. But my mom writes the messages and all of them. And I would love, I still keep all those birthday cards from her because there's such sweet messages from your mom that, you know, when she's gone, I'd love to read that sometime. I have all the know? cards my kids have given me. Oh, yeah. 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 And some that they wrote to their grandparents that I never sent. You can buy any present you want, but a true card with true, like this last year for Father's Day, I believe it was, and I'm sorry to digress here, I wrote my dad the five biggest things that he has taught me in life that like I used regularly to right. like kind of get like me through Like mowing a lawn, no, I'm just kidding. Or, you know, like the biggest yes. one he told me, sometimes you just got to say F it. 
Yep. You know, like if things are bothering you, things are getting at you, sometimes you just got to say F it. These things that like, and I wrote him that letter saying that these are the five things that I will always keep close oh, to me. Oh, you're such a good son, mm-hmm. Grant. You, you win. Love, you right? win. It's a good thing you're an only kid because you, you would have gotten everything anyway. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, my kids would always be, what do you want? Just a card to tell me how much you love me. That's it. Every just, year. I Just write this. a nice message. And they're starting to. Nice. Yeah. That's that's the most important thing. Yeah, they really are. Mm-hmm. Um, But I would just be, just tell me why you like me as your mom. You know, just give me something that way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's silly. Did you, are you sentimental like he is? And um, write your not, parents? That, not as sentimental. I mean, granted, sentimental, that, yes. that's like something. Yeah. But, does, does Ross... Uh, does Ross send you like fun cards or does he, you know, cause I get some of the best, funniest, most amazing. Lily sends me some, not sends me, gives me right. some of the funniest stuff. Yeah. In those no, messages. Ross does. And then, and it's really funny. Like, I mean, he totally has my number. So if I'm having a rough day, I get a, you know, a little note, which I kind of love. And yeah. you know, usually Aww. a picture of a sloth or a dog. Yeah. Aww. Something, something cute and funny. Mm-hmm. I have this one meme of this girl that's like four and she's in a red turtleneck and there's like party kind of decorations behind her. And she just has this white microphone, like from the seventies and she turns around and goes, Oh, and brushes her hair off her face. And I like to send it to people. I think Lori sent it to me originally, but I feel like that girl sometimes like, Mm -hmm. Oh, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. I, but memes are funny too. You know, anything. Mm -hmm. And right now I'm getting um, screen grabs of the fake, Twitter accounts. Oh, Jesus was verified today. How about that? Twitter is, do not trust anything right now. Really? It's in shambles. Let's go give back it, to our newspapers. Give it some time. Let's. Oh, my gosh. I, I kind of think this is an opportunity for newspapers again and media, you know, right. like Channel 5, you know, our, our established people to, you know, mm-hmm. have a day or two. Right. Bigger than they already do. Right. Right. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Grant, what's happening with the traffic? Yeah. I, you know what? That was a fun Julia's random letters. <laughs> I liked it. That was seriously, though. That was a fun little. Well, I mean, can you imagine finding oh. Bob Dylan's love letters to your mom? What an amazing. Even if you knew what happened, but to find them. The actual letters. Yeah. yeah. Oh, incredible. Cool. Very incredible. Yep. Hillary Duff. Okay. Right. So she had dated Aaron Carter, who passed away earlier right. this week. And, um,. She just thinks it's so horrible that someone wants to publish his memoir, which apparently he had started. And in it, it says that she lost her virginity to him when she was 13 and he was 12. And she's like, how can you, a week within his death, there's a publisher that's recklessly publishing a book to capitalize on the tragedy tragedy without fact-checking the validity of the work. So... To water down Aaron's life to what seems to be unverified clickbait for profit is disgusting. I'm with her. Do you think it's a heartless money grab? Sure. The timing sure feels rough. Doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it It does. It's um. his his management, Aaron Carter's management said, we, as Aaron's management, would like to thank Hillary Duff for her statement regarding the book that's set to be released. Basically, we don't want to hear from you. We're going to do it anyway. Well, I mean, in the it's in really his management though. I mean, it's their job to kind of max out the opportunities. I mean, and the truth of the matter is, the opportunities right now. Yeah. In six months, right? If they're like, we want to sell the unfinished Aaron Carter book, you know, it's not really going to matter. So, I, I fully even, understand. Do you think it's going to sell right now? Even I don't know. 
if it's if it's ever going to, it's going to be right now. And but I fully understand her take too. I mean, you know, it feels uncomfortable. I mean, people are saying that Harry's book feels uncomfortable. Oh. And it's not till January. Right. And you know. Oh dear. But it same thing. People said watching the crown felt a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Have yeah. you kind of heard that? Yeah. Yeah. So so you know, I, I, I see her point. Right. But I don't fault his management for trying to max out his opportunity. I mean, because that's that's their job. Okay, even when he's dead. Yeah, because his estate, I mean, he passes it on to whoever he passes it on to. Right. You're it's right. Still, You're right. You know. Does he have a child? I think he has a child. I think he does. I think he has a child. So I get that. I get that. All right. If you were going to guess who would Dolly Parton meet that she would be starstruck, who do you think would be on the list? Oh. She'd make it a rock album. Okay, I already want to buy it. <laughs> I don't know when it comes out, but I'm already put me on the pre-list. And she's um, on the cover of Good Housekeeping magazine. Do you have a subscription to that? Yes, because you know I was I the style one. maker in June. Oh, that's right, right you were. So, and yeah. you wasn't Harry Styles? Well, he was May. The cover in May. Yeah, I was. Um, my cover was like cakes or something because okay. it was you know. But, okay. Yeah, I was the style maker, so I got a subscription that month. Um, Do they give it to you for free? No, I I kind of felt like you know yeah. I needed to kick back, but it's the cover super cute because it's her sitting on top of boxes like Christmas tree. But who would she be obsessed with wanting to meet? Well, first she wants to get back together, which I'm all for. She wants to get back together, Led Zeppelin. All over it. Yes. All over it. Yes. Wouldn't you just die? I would, yes. Because they're my jam. Yeah. I well, mean, and I mean, Dolly Parton plus Led Zeppelin. Can you imagine? No. Do you she know wants to remix. A... She wants to remake Starway to Heaven. And I want her to do that. Wouldn't it be amazing? Uh, Dolly, if you're listening, we support this decision. I mean, big time. Yeah. Big time. Mm-hmm. But she's most starstruck because she's working on the Black Album. So it's Elton John, Mick Jagger, and Debbie Deborah, Deborah Harry. With the rock album, mm-hmm. and she recently added Steve Perry from. Oh, that's right. They're making. Aren't they making a Christmas album? I mean, See, this woman. I thought that he was part of the rock and roll album. Oh, yes. Yeah, because okay. it's just a compilation of a bunch of rock and roll I, artists. Unbelievable. I believe. She yeah. gets up at like three a.m. and starts working and writes like yeah. nine songs by four a.m. Right, and then does her nails. And then does her nails, yeah. and then does makeup, hair right. and makeup, and then right. works out, and then takes care of her. I mean, how do you? Uh, she's a. She's amazing. She's queen. How do I people mean, have that kind of energy? I don't know. I don't know. Is it, yeah. what are we not eating right carrots? What is I, supposed I, to be added in the diet? I don't know. I mean, she's Smoky Mountain, so she probably like fried chicken. I mean, <laughs> I, you know what I mean? She, right. But I mean, and I have her yellow cake mix. Some mm-hmm. a listener sent us the Duncan Hines. Right. Dolly Parton banana cream yellow cake mix mm-hmm. cake. And it's sitting out on the counter. And Jeff went to the grocery store one day because you need cream you need eggs you need uh frosting you need bananas Mm -hmm. you need oil he went and got me everything and then i never made it because i ate all the frosting with peanuts one night with a spoon i I mean i love i mean seriously who can have that in the house right i mean are there some things i cannot have carbohydrates in my house oh it's funny i can't (laughs) have like gummy candy me oh. too. Gummies. It, any kind of gummies. I oh. serious? Brock's just came out with holiday lights gummies. Oh. And yeah. so they're <laughs> like Christmas lights. But what's great oh, is cute. they're in like fruit flavors. Oh, cute. Oh. And so I bought them because, you know, I saw them and 
I put them into like a rubber making container. And last night we were watching TV and I literally ate the whole bag. Yeah. I love gummy candies. Oh, that's so funny because, well, they take a while to eat. Yeah, they're so satisfying. And that's how I feel about my Ben and Jerry's Jerry Garcia. And I use a cocktail fork. And I get a dish towel, and I eat it right from the canister, and I take the petitest little bites, and then I dig out the cherries, mm. and I just dig those. I love. <laughs> See, that's, a, that's how I feel about gummies. I mean, isn't that funny? And you too, Grant. This oh, is good. This is good to know. I love a good gummy worm. We always worm, start talking bear. food this last hour, yeah, you guys. Uh-huh. Gummy worms are my very favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was so funny. I've there's fans of mine. Um, this is so awful, but Say, I have these really wonderful. Friends that work for Target and they're the candy buyers. Oh, and dear. periodically those bring, are the people to know, right? Oh, and they'll periodically dear. bring me bags of the because the, the Target gummy worms are my favorite gummy worms of all the Target brands. So good, they're the best gummy worms. They just really? are. The, it's just a fact. Mm-hmm. There's just no reason to discuss it. So yeah, they bring them to me every so often, and I mean, I literally will like the bags are enormous. I can't eat them in one sitting, but they don't take that long. Oh my gosh! Love him. him. All right, all right. Now we know that. All right. So Bethany Frankel has her new. Do you watch Some Housewives? Did you like Bethany? I did. I did too. So she has Rewives. It's a new podcast where she goes back and she's talking about the housewives. And she said that top executives wanted to fire in season ten Sonia Morgan, Mm -hmm. and they just and Bethany's like you know told her. On the side, girl, get it together and up your game. And this was the year when Sonia Morgan, remember all the financial troubles she had because she invested in that movie. Right. What was the name of the movie? Um, Something. I I can't remember it either, but she invested a lot of money and she was out of divorce, her divorce money from being a Morgan, J. Patrick Morgan or whatever. And then she had... um, they just said, you're acting too drunk. You got to upper game and yeah. it saved her. And she just said, I love Bethany. She always has my back. That's for sure. Do you think you'd want to listen to this podcast? I, you know what? I might. Because I, I really like Bethany. I can't. A do lot. Too. I mean, I kind of do. I'd kind of be, you know. I kind of do too. For nine years, a dangerous man terrorized women, breaking into homes and raping his victims before killing a brilliant young scientist in 1998. The more the victims resisted, the more violent he became. Then he suddenly stops, leaving police with a lot of clues and one unknown subject. I'm Paul Wagner. Join me for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast series. Search American Nightmare podcast on all podcast platforms today. Okay.